Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. I'm your host, Jerry. I'm Patrick. That's the sound guy, Joe. Hello, hello. I'm a cheese. Whoa, what? Uh, thought you were leaning in for a kiss for a second. Wow. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> well, well, that was recorded. You're so squeamish. It's just... Okay. That might be one of the debates this episode. What? ASMR <laughs> is inherently sexual. AS- yeah. You know, I don't think so. It can. It's mainly. Yeah, there's a lot of it that is, but yeah. that's not what everybody tunes into. Oh, for, sure. You know? Not. Well, I j- well, okay. Definitely the ones where it's someone talking. Because what in what scenario what, do you have someone they, well, this close they, to your ear? What are they talking about? You know, Guys, if they're giving, if they're when they're whispering, they're giving you a tutorial on what they're cooking, and then once they're done talking, they move the mic over to the you know, sizzling of the pan. Then that's that. I would know, say that's a lot less sexual and a lot more relaxing or food shul. You know the, the kind of food ASMR things that I absolutely hate. It's when they're eating it. Oh yeah, no, those that one's sexual. So that that has to be sexual. Well, I don't think what they're talking about is relevant. It's just the fact that they're this close up to you, or trying to sound like they are this close up to you into your ear, whispering about whatever. Today we're it could, going to be making a chicken parm. In what job. scenario would you hear someone? Gordon Ramsay isn't going on uh, <laughs> MasterChef going like that. You only hear that when you're with someone very close up. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't see the appeal of voices. I, I, know, I know a lot of ASMR uh, fans, and what they tell me is like uh, some of them are very fans of the sexual side of it. Yeah, in of which course. case, sure, pop off, King, um, <laughs> or but, Queen, or Queen, or gesture. Um, but I, I do have friends who watch it purely for like the relaxing, calming sense of it, because whispering is very gentle and very uh, like. Like when I'm talking right now, there's like it's very quick. It's slightly aggressive, though not really. But it like I'm not uh, what, the way I'm talking is not calm by any means. And if you're trying to calm down and you listen to me talking the way I'm talking right now, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm now just stressed or engaged or interested or whatever. But unless you're not calm. You're Morgan Freeman. Unless you're, Morgan Freeman does have a great ASMR voice. I yeah. think you like him doing audiobooks is like a blessing whenever he decides yeah. to do it. But like. When with the whispering you get the Ugh. sounds and, and that, it sucks. That it's I know I, I know an audio engineer who like edits uh, for like people. For, he he did an edit for some lady who did yoga, oh um, and she paid prime money to like make sure that like it was prime quality. Um, and there are some standard recording questions, practices, so you don't do stuff like that. We do podcasts. You probably know, like, drink a good amount of water beforehand, but don't drink too much water, especially yeah. during. Um, try to, or try not to eat to a certain amount before you record. Things like that. Um, this lady came in to do this basically yoga ASMR, um, and didn't do any of the practices, so her voice was clicking, <laughs> literally, like, just by talking. Like, imagine the yeah. way I'm talking right now, and there are clicks literally just constantly happening despite what I'm saying. Sometimes it would be, like, like during vowels, you'd hear a click from something, <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, he, show, he showed me the thing while he was editing it, and I was like... I like you need you to cut about, all of pre- that out, or nobody's going to listen to what you're. <laughs> actually, there's probably some freaks who will listen to it, uh, but most people don't want to listen to it. So, like, they'll pay people or do it themselves, where they go into the audio channels and literally cut out all that stuff. I prefer ASMRs that are like just just sounds, like like dings. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, uh, it's one of the ones I've seen is I mentioned it already. The the cooking ones, where mm. the talking is only for like to explain the cooking because it's really a cooking video. Um, but then d- through the duration of the cooking, most of what you're listening <laughs> He's to shaking his head. <laughs> most of what you're listening to is the sizzle of like anything being sautéed. If something's boiling, understand. you get the little bubbling things like that. They just bring that little mic right next to the food, and they're like, "Listen to that." <laughs> what kind of chicken sounds like that when it's sizzling? Uh, I was thinking of, uh, I don't know. We'll call it edamame. In what scenario in a kitchen are you, oh, I'm cooking something. Let me put my ear right up to some, the stove. Well, to be fair, some people are wired differently and, you know, they like audio Stop. Sizzling More. is a very satisfying sound. Uh, like I'm not even Bacon, an ASMR sizzling? guy, like, and I love the sound of sizzling. Yeah, I can I can get behind that in the real world, but like I don't know, there's there's yeah, something to get it. some sizzling going. Get some uh, the sound of boiling. I also find very intriguing, though. Really? Uh, like I won't like go out of my way to listen to boiling. You noises. won't just get up out of your room, go to the kitchen. Put, throw, put throw some water in, in a, a pot, pot. <laughs> set it to boil, and just like, and just sit oh, there. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring up your mic, mic set up, just put the mic over it and just put your headphones on, just sit there. I feel meditate. like I would be a great ASMR artist because I know yeah. satisfying noises. Okay. Like, uh, I mean, give me like a category. Jokes. Books. Oh, page turning, bro. That's that's so easy. That is so easy. <laughs> just the sound a, what, of paper in a book. What else in a library? Uh, in a library? Um, I think the sounds of like pencils and pens clacking together can really draw in an ASMR audience. Hmm. Um, just like you get like a little cup full of pencils and pens and just kind of like starts like sliding them around. Maybe pick some up and start dropping them on each other. Um, what about the librarian like stamping books? Oh, Remember that episode from Phineas and Ferb? Yeah, that was a little, <laughs> a little too aggressive, I think. Yeah, because uh, I mean it's not like you, that's not calming by any means. Sure, but like if it's a rhythm. If it's too, but then you're not in an ASMR. You're more in like, uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know, Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a great episode. Oh, no, I ain't got rhythm. Oh, oh shit. No, I ain't got rhythm. I just re- okay. Do you consider? I was shit talking ASMR, but do you consider this <laughs> ASMR ambiance and that like you're in a spaceship? Yeah, 100%. It's not like traditional huh. ASMR by any means, but I mean, I guess it all depends on it. Like, is it calming? Yeah. Uh, like, if it has that ASMR vibe to it, then definitely. Okay. How about just room noise? Uh, like, just like AC? White noise, rather. White noise? White noise, uh, yeah. White noise, I wouldn't consider ASMR unless really? it has added elements. Like, if you have rain. But the rain is also hitting things, like you hear you hear the occasional drip onto a bucket or something like that. Right. Then I would consider ASMR because it's uh, I forget what the what ASMR really like stands for, but it has to do with audio like, stimulation. I'm making this up. Um, I think that's that is the first multimedia ASM. radio <laughs> autonomous sensory meridian response meridian. Uh, a term weird. used to describe a tingling, static-like goosebump sensation in response to audio. Okay, I don't get this, the goosebumps from the space sounds. Well, I think it's different for everybody. Like, what? True. I wonder what your, like, goosebumpy sound is. I get it from whispering, but it has to be, like, an actual person. Because <laughs> I, I like listening to someone on headphones whispering just doesn't give oh, me that goosebumps close? feeling. Because I, like, I know it's not a person. Got it. Uh, whereas if somebody were literally, like, sneak up behind me and just go, 
I'd be like, oh my god! <laughs> but is that a, a good goosebump? I have a bad goosebump. Um, depends on the context, I feel. Okay, the context you just gave. like The, the context I just gave, I think it's, uh, it's funny. It's a funny. Okay. It's a funny feeling because okay. it's like, why is this happening to me? Okay. My, um, my bad goosebumps is paper rubbing on paper or cardboard oh. rubbing on cardboard. Oh. I hate that sound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. Interesting. Um, so you want to hmm. mess with me? Just come, come at me with two boxes and just rub them together. Oh, <laughs> no, you know like, what? <laughs> it's not ASMR for me, but it does something for my uh, lizard brain. Uh, like getting an expo marker and just twisting the capping, getting that little squeak from you. it. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, no. There was one behind oh, you. On oh, okay. Whoops. I dropped it. <laughs> like, just doing... Yeah, that does it for you? Oh, okay. Like, that. I, my <laughs> lizard brain just goes, ah, yeah. It's not like the ASMR response that we just described, but, like, I you will... You like it. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, like, every time I do it, my, my lizard brain's like, aha, serotonin for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> we love this. Like, I even just instinctively went to do it again. Very interesting. <laughs> you, think, you think you had a teacher that did that and was like, man, young Patrick. Happy memories. Um, what I consider it to be, and I don't know if this is it at all because I haven't gone to a doctor or anything. My brother has ADHD and does a lot of, like, habits like this just to, like, do something with his hands. And I think I just inherited that being around him so much. Hmm. Uh, like, you guys will see me during the podcast fiddling with, like, headphone cables yeah. all the time. Um, and then, I'm like, sure I, I think too. this is just another aspect of that where I constantly want to be doing something with mm -hmm. my hands and then this one is just me doing something with my hands and getting a response out of it that my brain considers positive. That's why I have Transformers in my office. Because, you know... Yeah, that's I, why. <laughs> it, it gives me... It, it not only is, like, cool for display, but, like, it gives me something to do with my hands whenever I'm, like, listening to, like, a long thing, and I'm just bored, and I grab it, start transforming, and there I actually see progress on what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and then I'm just, like... Then I leave it sitting there. But that's that's the reason why... Later. That's the reason why a lot of people I know, like... Legos, because yeah. it's it's a very like do something with your hands, but it's also you're getting like a productive end result. Out of yeah, that. right. Um, like most, like I know people who who love Legos, and what they do is they just watch YouTube videos and build Legos, because it's. Oh, okay. I think that's it's a big thing in our generation, especially where we want to be do, doing two things, multitasking, uh, multitasking, or just. Uh, I heard somebody describe it as like uh, like we have this like larger need for stimulation because mm. we grew up on the internet. Um, some would even say overstimulation. Um, yeah. And so for a lot of people I know, that means like they're watching YouTube videos, but the YouTube video isn't enough, so they need to be doing something else also, in which case comes the Legos, in which case comes the Transformers, or whatever the case is, just something to do with your hands. Yeah. I, I personally, a lot of times when I'm watching YouTube videos, will also be playing a very simple video game of some kind just to like be doing something. Because I, I my understand. brain is like, I want to do something. And I'm like, I am. I'm watching a video. And my brain's like, no. More. <laughs> more. <laughs> Give me more response. I saw a video of like this, I don't know, three-year-old playing Minecraft on a Switch. He has like TikTok on his on a phone and like an iPad just playing a video like on the table and stuff. And he's just, he's going, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's also like the... <laughs> it's too much for me, but... It's it's like the TikToks and Reels that are like, you have like Subway Surfer on the bottom. Oh, yeah, right? And like some podcast on the top. Because like the podcast clip isn't enough. So you need to add the Subway Surfer on the bottom to add that like visual engagement while your audio engagement is on the podcast. What if we should do something like that? I mean, honestly, it would be really funny, especially if you took this recording right now, I'm throw right. on some Subway Surfer, maybe add in, uh, what's another one that people use? 
uh, the Minecraft mobile one. games. Family Guy, Family, yeah, family Guy, guy clips. <laughs> um, the yeah, so the, you know, throw in a little bit of one, a little bit of the other. Uh, I'm gonna re-download uh, Subway Surfers. I can do this. <laughs> so screen record this. a little bit of Subway Surfers. Screen record a little bit of Family Guy. Screen record a little bit of oh, Young uh, Sheldon. Why not? Yeah, yeah, just, just yeah, young Sheldon, but like not even, or you know what, just some environmental scenery, right? Just get like three different stock footage clips of like the environment somewhere. Uh, I can give you my Japan clips. We'll call it that. Now oh, you're, that'd be great. Uh, now you're watching some of my Japan clips on top of the Subway Surfer, on top of the Family Guy, on top of just this <laughs> PNG of young Sheldon. Um, and um, real quickly, right now, like some effect just went and wiped across the screen. Boom. And, and that that got so much engagement right now. Like, regardless of anything, whoever whoever ran into this video probably watched through at least half of it. Just just because of the amount of stimulation that we've thrown in onto this thing. Okay. Well, you're gonna help me out with this then. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna add every single one of those things that we just said right here. And this has been a 15 minute episode about ASMR. I think so. we're already in the episode. I think I'm just gonna. Yeah. Have, why do you not make this a separate <laughs> thing? No. 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 Uh, we're in the episode. Yeah. I'm well, we'll start here. Like Delta's have always been casual. Yeah. Uh, we intro. Sense. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Razzle podcast about video in- games and pop culture with an emphasis <laughs> on our favorites. You're here. You joined in, you're like, wow, they didn't do that intro they normally did. That's because we were just talking, now you gotta listen to it. I think I'm just gonna add our generic intro to the front of this. And just okay. have it fade in. No, I'm for it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give some sort of like pre-word of like, oh, we just started talking, and then that's that's where it went. Boom. Nah. Nah, not even. Just it's throw just, them right into it. Yeah, cold open. No, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, if, I guess... It, we gotta say it because I don't say it enough, weirdly enough, in Delta. This is Delta 29, and Deltas are our are, are chance to connect with each other and you guys at home every at the end of every month and just catch up on what's been going on in our lives and in pop culture media uh, we, for the past month. Engaged in, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this month because I've, I'm just gonna start with like game and everything. Okay. Um, I've been in a uh, rewatch <laughs> phase this month, uh, rewatch watching a lot of shows that like I remember fondly but it's been so long that like now that I'm re-watching them again I'm realizing how little I remembered about yeah. them um, I had a lot of conversation with friends about Death Note um, oh my god and yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was like let me because I remember the show very fondly but I'm not remembering a lot of the details surrounding it just the overarching concepts right so I went through and started watching it again and like uh, at least in this very early on part of it it delivers it's just this great sort of investigative story of the bad guy and the good guy not knowing who each other are and in order to figure it out just on a crash course towards each other. Yep. Um, it, it, like the way the story plays out because of that is very, is amazing because everything is like so uh, feels so thought out and just like uh, there are some parts of the story that I didn't even realize. Like there was one episode that I watched recently where a character or two it's two episodes where a character goes and she's trying to report information to the police and she ends up running into light the bad guy slash protagonist of the show yep. um, and he has to like try to manipulate her into getting her real identity while also like trying to act like just this regular old high schooler son of a cop um, <laughs> and, and like it's this whole scene that I completely don't remember at all mm. uh, so it was super engaging because it felt like I was watching just a new episode of Death Note yeah it's been almost 10 years since I've seen Death Note and I think I've gotten up to the part where the girl comes in 
Uh, oh, uh, uh, I don't know her name because I haven't gotten to that part yeah. yet. But the blonde girl, the blonde uh, it's girl. like uh, Misamane or something like that. Sure. Yeah, I just remembered that much. Um, I really like the Simpsons parody of Death Note because it's Lisa, like being L. Is that his name? Oh yeah. Light. And then and then Mo is the guy, the the demon guy, and he's just like, hey, we gotta <laughs> kill some folks. <laughs> That's you so can't good. kill Mr. Burns. <laughs> I'll kill Mr. Burns. I'll kill them all. <laughs> I absolutely love how intense uh, Death Note can make taking a bite out of a chip. Oh, <laughs> and I took a potato chip and I ate it. Oh my God. Intense music playing <laughs> in the background. How intense! Like it's it's an anime mainly about writing, or at least you know that's like the main some it's, of the main action. That it's an an, it's an anime. Uh, it's not. There's no real action to it. It's yeah. it's an anime about. Uh, it's like an investigative anime. Yeah. I think like your CSIs and all that. Just instead of following the perspective of the investigators, you're following the perspective of the guy trying to get away with his crimes. There's yeah. a fantasy aspect to it, um, but there's also, like, as every anime is, there's a set of rules that the character is, or a character seeks to exploit and find workarounds around. The, the dude gets a book the, that literally he just writes someone's name in it and they die. Um, but there's, like, a lot of rules in that of, like, how it works and what you can and can't do. Yeah. Um, and he constantly basically does experiments to figure out, like, in the early seasons, or the early episodes I'm watching right now, is him... Uh, doing experiments with this book, killing criminals to decide uh, to figure out how the book works and yeah. to use it to more technically get away with what he's doing. Um, and it's then you also follow, yeah, it's smart. You also follow the investigative side of it, which is like uh, falling into like this kid is a novice criminal uh, who is also a student and very new to the world. And as such, he makes a lot of just mistakes that are very easy to catch as a cop. Like, the investigator literally finds out within the first episode he's introduced that the guy's a student mm -hmm. because he commits all of his murders during uh, not school hours. Um, and, and so that it's is weird. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's very smart in terms of, like, uh, they'll consider all... The show considers all the factors. And even things that you didn't realize, the Come show will be like... Should have realized that, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I'm so I'm still super early on into it, so yeah. there's still a lot uh, to unpack. And I know that later on it starts getting a little uh, overdrawn. Um, people don't really like how it ends. No, um, some people. Uh, I, I thought it was all right, but it definitely isn't as climactic as you might want it to. Sure. Be. I remember when it was coming out. How many kids will sit like L? Uh, in like oh, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stuff. the you put your legs on the chair <laughs> yeah. and like just crouch down. Yeah, it's so weird. It's I never, I, uh, I never met like, anyone like that. The way they hold their phones. Oh my gosh! You know? The first, yeah, like you just hold so it with dumb. like two little fingers at the top. So dumb. Yeah, it, it, the the investigator character is a creep. Um, it's not, it's, it's not L. It's a uh, uh, what's his that's name? That's his name, L. No, the, that's the student, the Kira. That's the bad light. Guy. Yeah. Uh, Light, light is, Yagami. L is the other dude. It's Light? Is L? Yeah. I thought L was just a nickname for no. Light. No. Death Note. Either way, someone's taking some Char L's here. Characters. <laughs> Got uh, yeah, his Got name him. is L, man. Oh, never mind. Just, just L. Yep, I'm, I'm wrong. I why why would they do that? Why would they have the guy's name be L and the other guy's name be Light? And I thought he had blue skin. Of all um, the he has he, he, after. he has a blue uh, motif. Got it. Okay. Um... 
to the investigators in the show or anybody who stands in L's or Light's way yeah. um, has a, like this blue motif to them. Um, and whereas uh, Kira slash Light is a very like is always red and evil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the reason why I bring this up, rewatch, uh, I'm rewatching a bunch of shows, also rewatching Community, um, oh, wow. also rewatch, I rewatched uh, Everything Everywhere All At Once, the movie, like yeah. twice this month. <laughs> um, and so I bring all that up for uh, our game. Uh, usually I go through and give the, the, the month a theme, and then we ask questions related to that. This okay. is Rewatch May, okay. um, where yeah. I'm going to ask you guys, what do you feel is, what is your comfort rewatch show, movie, whatever, we'll get into it. Um, so first off, we have show, keeping it nice and easy. For me, uh, it's been community recently. Uh, yeah. It's it's just an easy sitcom to go back to and enjoy regardless of uh, context or whatever. It's the sitcom I enjoy the most, too, uh, just because of its self-awareness and also, like, uh, f- like very film-cinematic-esque uh, moments to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Friends. I don't like Friends, but I'm named after a character from Friends. Um, none of the some of the jokes do not age well, but there's a lot of it, and it's some of the jokes are funny, and it's like very casual. You can just look away and then look back. So I, I do other things while Friends is on in the background. So I guess Friends. Gotcha. As much as I'm shamed to admit that, <laughs> I, uh, Lord, I apologize. Um, Modern Family. That's I a think. great sitcom. Yeah, right. That's a great show. I've. Been rewatching it. Uh, I think this is my second time in its entirety uh, within the past couple of months, and it's just you know it's just a good show to have on, and like you can pay attention to it. The jokes are funny, like the themes are great. You know, a lot of things are relatable, a lot of things are not, or whatever. It's just an overall solid show, and um, yeah, it's great to like pay attention to. It's great to not pay attention to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love how all the answers that we gave are sitcoms. I, yeah, right. Really shows about that it. the sitcoms have that rewatchability to them. I feel who are like you can't like rewatch the same episode twice within the same day. Yeah. But like give it like a year and then go back and watch the sitcom you watched before and it's still it'll still hold up Re- somewhat. At least. Rewatching a, a shows like this sitcoms, it's like you remember like the first couple seasons so well and then after a certain point you get to like later seasons you're like oh yeah i kind of remember this and your memory starts fading on it after a while but like it's kind of re-watching the show almost new after a certain point so that's also like for me cool. i feel like it's certain episodes oh, like i feel fair. like there's certain episodes that my brain was like that wasn't important or fun and then just disregards but then yeah. i watch them and i'm like oh i guess i never really paid attention to this one they're not even that bad yeah but it's just that like like for some reason when i was first watching the other episodes stood out more to me and so i remembered those better than others yep um Next up, we got movie. Uh, I mentioned it already. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I will never tire of watching this movie. Uh, I cry. The, the last time I watched it was the first time I didn't cry, um, <laughs> in in a good way, because uh, it's it's a solid movie with like everything you'd want. It's got action. It's got comedy. It's got deep storytelling with like uh, like a sort of message. Uh, uh, about and against nihilism, right. um, but also kind of for it. It's, a, it's, it's interesting. Definitely, like, if you're looking for a deep movie, it's there. If you're looking for a great action movie, it's there. Um, like, it, it's got a lot going for it. I'm going to go with The Batman. Or, I'm between The Batman, the Matt Reeves, uh, Robert Pattinson, or Revenge of the Sith. Because, like, I, I just put those on pretty frequently. I don't know why. I mean, Revenge of the Sith is very meme-worthy, 
Yes. You know? Uh, and Batman's just a good movie. It's just like... I went through a breakup this month, so I watched Revenge of the Sith twice. Oh. Which is probably embarrassing of me to admit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like a good movie with a bunch of emotional ups and downs. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, Reme- uh, Revenge of the Sith is the one with the... No. Well, yes. Yeah. And no. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I-, I love that song. Uh, that's Duel of the Fates, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's episode one. That's where it comes from, but uh, it is in episode three. You know, it's yeah, when Vader comes in. Yeah. When he becomes Vader. I have brought peace, order, and justice to my new empire. <laughs> Hello there. It's from uh, episode three. General Kenobi. Yeah. Um, I don't know about movies. I don't tend to rewatch movies all that often. I I don't tend to rewatch a lot uh, of shows that are not like long running series. Like, uh, Korra's been on uh, a lot uh, within the past couple of months in my house, but like, I don't really pay attention to it because I'm just like if, if it's if I see it too often, I'm gonna get sick of it and I don't want to get sick of the thing. But for movies, um, something that I always love rewatching is like Pokemon One or the first movie or oh, Pokemon Two Thousand. Yeah, yeah. I rewatched Pokemon uh, the first movie and on my birthday. Is the first movie Mewtwo Strikes Back? Yes. Yeah. And man, it's it's beautiful as always. I. This is not like, I'm not just saying this just because it's the meme, but I do cry every time I watch the first movie. And it's it's just a phenomenal film. Even after all these years, the message is great. You know, the meaning of life is, we get the meaning of life through a Pokemon movie. You know, and it, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the canon uh, real life meaning of life. <laughs> yes, that we get out of a Pokemon movie. <laughs> um, now, I, now, do you prefer the remaster or the original? The original. Okay. The, the the remaster is not bad. It's it definitely takes some getting used to. I think there's some extra scenes, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Um, but rewatching the original, there's like something to it that's not easily replicatable especially if you watch the like the shorts about um oh man it's it's when Mewtwo was like when he hasn't awakened yet but it's a prequel thing and it's like it's like a little OVA or whatever and it's like him and his like dreamscape or whatever with his like little girl and like their friends or whatever and it's Watching that, it's really sad but beautiful at the same time. Then watching the movie after, it gives everything a whole new meaning. Okay. So, yeah. I don't remember like exactly what it's called, but search it up. You'll be happy. Word. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we it's not really re-watch, more re-listen. We got song. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, I mentioned it on my Three Song Stories episode, uh, Out of My League by, I believe it's Fritz and the Fitz and the Tantrums. It's just a song that I hold dear to my hat. Okay. If you want to know why, listen to Three Song Stories episode 183, my episode. <laughs> I think it's 183. I, I can pull it up in a few if you want. Nah, it's fine. Just okay. just look me up. Okay. Yeah, you can you can search for names, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, I, for me, I went with... Uh, I didn't actually choose one of my Three Song Stories songs. I chose uh, Handlebars. Uh, by Flowbots. It's a it's an older song. Not a lot of people heard it when it came out, but I heard it when I was growing up, and something just clicked with me with it. 
Um, it's it's a band that I still like re-listen to, especially a lot more recently than before. But that song I would always go back to ever since I was like 13, just because I hadn't heard uh, I I hadn't heard a song like it. Flowbots has a very unique uh, style of hip hop, mm. um, and then that song was like their big uh, like what one hit wonder that they made. Um, and I, I don't know, I just dig it. It's got a nice little like so- story to it, um, and it the the flow of uh, the song is really nice too. Right. Um, the Temptations, of course, I will have on VP nonstop. But for this month specifically, uh, it's been all of the uh, Guardian of the Galaxy soundtracks. So from Volume One, Two, Three, and uh, even the Telltale games, uh, the Telltale game and the Marvel game. Um, yeah, I've been listening to that, to those songs, those that playlist a lot this month. And not only because the third movie came out this month, so I was getting excited about it, but like, it's just great. It's a great selection of songs. Okay. All right. And now this one's less rewatch and more so reread. We're talking about books or comics. <laughs> oh boy. I have the Invincible comic. And since that season, season two is going to come out soon, I guess I can reread that again so yeah invincible okay invincible the show is so much better than the comic and that's a good thing hmm I like that uh, the show the show is like the only one I've consumed but we talked yeah. about it a bit on our invincible episode yeah. uh, the comic definitely is the edgier less refined version of the story <laughs> same with the boys yeah um I don't think I've read that much this month. I don't really read. Um, but when I do... Oh, here it is. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom uh, art book. I know it's not reading, oh. but it's still opening a book. And I got that for my birthday. And I got the Japanese version of the collector's edition for my birthday uh, as a surprise. And luckily, you know, I don't need to read Japanese to look through an art book but man is it's a beautiful uh book as beautiful arts and even some concepts about like stuff for the game and stuff like that and the game is beautiful on an all on its own and yeah that's my pick that reminds me I, I do that a lot with the halo encyclopedia oh yeah within the first few months the spine and the covers broke off because i've been <laughs> opening it so much <laughs> and it's just like a like 300 pages of Halo lore. Yeah. And I'd be loving that. Love that. Yeah. Uh, I I struggle with this one because I, again, also don't really <laughs> read that much, especially, like, comics. Uh, but the what I went back to was, I haven't read it in a long time, and maybe I should now that I'm remembering about it, but uh, Ready Player One. Oh, um, yeah, what a great book. It's a fantastic book. Such a good Most book. people only really know it for the movie. Of course. Um, because it didn't really, the book itself didn't really get that much attention. It had a good amount of attention, but not that much. I read that before um, the movie. Yeah, me too. Um, the book def- uh, The book led me to uh, begin enjoying reading more because most of the reading I had right. done up till I read that book was school assigned. Yeah. Um, and then I read that one and I was like, oh, okay, so books are actually cool. Um, <laughs> but not the, the, look, it helped me also look in a better light at the books I had already read for school. Yeah. But uh, it was also just like I found my niche of what I like to read and then that helped me kind of dive into that more. You know Ready Player Two is out or has been out for like a while? Yeah, I haven't read it actually. Maybe yeah. that's what I do. But. I shouldn't. I want to pick it up too. I just keep forgetting. 
Yeah, <laughs> like I mentioned Ready Player One, and I didn't even realize. In There's my a head. second. Yeah, already. I knew, but I forgot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then to finish it out, we have a video to rewatch, whether it be on Ooh. YouTube or somewhere out there on the internet. Huh. Um, what What is a video that you find yourself returning to, at least somewhat often? The Animorphs lecture that was four <laughs> hours long. <laughs> <laughs> What? I've, I've upped the watch list from 6 to probably to 12 by now. Wow. Because it's just so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's no one particular video, but it would have to be like, of course, completionist videos. So like whenever I finish completing a game that he has as well, after I do my part, after I complete it, I like to rewatch his videos on, on it just because you know maybe there's something i missed or like just reevaluating my experience and comparing it to his and stuff like that so yeah i hope that answers it yeah uh i'm gonna go with uh rather uh, a genre of videos okay. uh, but i still rewatch these a bit um I, i've mentioned it when we talked about tf2 on the podcast uh there is a series of animations on youtube made by just random people uh, uh called sfm uh videos and some of them are absolutely hilarious because they take the animated the animated framework and abuse it to make the equivalent of YouTube poops for Team Fortress 2. Um, and then some people actually make some really uh, great storytelling ones. So if I'm going to give it like one video, I would one of these SFM videos animations I would rewatch. Uh, the the end of the line the, that ended up be, uh, being such a popular SFM film that they made it, they added a bunch of uh, items into it, into the game. And even the, some of the lore behind the video idea. Right. Um, I mentioned it in the episode, or I mentioned it at some point uh, when people teleport the, the the concept of the short is teleporting bread. Uh, Scout tries to get a date, and in the meantime, uh, the soldier's teleporting bread, which is a very terrible thing to do because it t- turns the bread into a monster. Um, I remember the main story there. focuses on Scout trying to get a date, but there's this background little thing about teleporting bread. Uh, they added the bread teleporting as like a thing in the game. Uh, where like occasionally when somebody teleports, there'll just be a like little piece of uh, slice of bread that pops out and lands on the floor. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's so a, cool. It's an amazing animation that's like it has like studio quality to it on a animation software that's from like 2008. Nice. Um, and I, I just always love going back to those. And it's not even just that one. There are tons of these SFM films oh, that sure. like range in quality from like studio quality to like, oh my gosh, this is funny because <laughs> it's so bad. Um, and, and I love every aspect of it. Do like videos where it's just like soundtracks count? Because I go to that like every week. Oh, I mean, I guess I would count more as music. Though. Okay, never mind. Uh, but yeah, that could be your music. You could change your music answer sure. to that. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, but that, that's the game. Uh, cool, yeah. Th- this is rewatch me. Yeah, I've been rewatching a lot of stuff other than the stuff I've said. You know, I mean, it's not not. It's also because for like prepping for future episodes and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But but just rewatching stuff in general. Yeah, it's been a good month for that. I don't know. No, I, f- I feel that as well. I also think uh, like part of this was like me rewatching Community was because my sitcom of choice at the time was New Girl and Netflix right. removed that from uh, their <laughs> Really? Yeah, their watch list, yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn. I'm so, kind of glad I, I watched it then. Yeah. Uh, I was like I was like 6 seasons in and the, or like 4 or 6, I forget. Sure. But I was deep into it and then just one day wasn't on my list anymore and I was like, "Wait, yeah. what's up with that? Is it gone?" I'm I finished it. 
It's a good show. Yeah. Hey, girl. <laughs> it's jazz. Yeah, I see those clips online a lot, actually. Um, anything else? No, that's it. No? Okay. Uh, it's been my birth... Our birthday month, excuse me. Joe, sorry. Well, mine hasn't happened yet. It happens today. It happens today, Memorial Day, May 29th. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, so what are what have you done then? Or what you're going to do? Oh, <laughs> I went to Sonic yeah? the other night. Yo! Uh, I don't really do much for my birthday other than that, you know? Go to Sonic. You go Dude, to Sonic every year. No, sorry, I, can I bring up a news story I heard recently? Because it relates very well. <laughs> um, we had a news story covered recently by uh, one of our reporters who I feel like his editing style is the equivalent of if somebody went into the editing booth and just rail the line of cocaine and started going at it. <laughs> uh, it's very, like, fast-paced. Hey, you're outing him out, man! <laughs> um, and what happened... The, the news story was this guy was outside of a Sonic and started filming uh, this Florida lady, like, stop in the middle of traffic, go up to the car in front, which was also stopped in the middle of traffic, like, usher the guy to, like, lower his window and start beating on the guy. And the guy in the car window is trying to, like, beat back. And they're just having this full-blown fight in the middle of the street. And then we take to the perspective of this guy who filmed it. It was like, yeah, I was just at Sonic. I just buy it. It's like, what'd you get? I got myself a chili cheese dog. <laughs> <laughs> and that made it to the package? Yeah. That's so funny. It, it's, wow. it's it's so good. Because it's, like, it's a real, it's really like a non-story to me in my opinion personally yeah. flights like this in florida happen all the freaking yeah. time uh, road rage it happens literally <laughs> everywhere but just the just the, co the context around this story <laughs> being that like uh, all about this dude who was just at sonic getting himself a chili, chili cheese dog, dog. <laughs> that's the story right there his meal was ruined uh go ahead joe <laughs> Well, now I have a new birthday tradition. <laughs> uh, go to Sonic and start recording Florida people. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just things I've done this month. I watched the newest Fast and the Furious movie, uh -huh. and boy, it is the newest Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> they're, 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 they're setting it up to be, like, the, apparently the three-part finale. Oh, my God. So oh. it's, it, it's the only Fast movie to end on a cliffhanger. Oh my gosh. Jason Momoa is a good part. He's a good villain. But it's just cameo central. Jason Statham is in it for th for two minutes. Yeah? And that's it. Where was he? He Was he in another film? Yeah, he was in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, he's the bald guy. Yeah, he's a bald oh, guy. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just cameo central. Just fan service for the dedicated and loyal fans of the Fast and the Furious <laughs> Yo, franchise. You mean... The family? You mean me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I've been getting a lot of uh, like reels on Instagram of uh, like Fast and Furious moments that are like so absurd. I don't know if you guys are getting the same thing. I've seen but, some. Um, like some moments in the movie are just like absolutely wild. There's one where like Vin Diesel is like face to face with a bad guy and they're talking with each other, and then he stomps on the parking garage floor to cause the whole thing to collapse. Like he's just. Vin Diesel just got what? super power. Dom Toretto just has super strength. That's what, um, okay. There's one where he's he's driving across the street. Uh, his, uh, I think he, it's still his wife at, in this movie, uh, gets flung off of something in, in the air and she's about to land in the gap between two, like, bridge highways. Um, Dom, like, stands in the window of his car, turns it into crash into the barrier of one side, so he flies into the air, catches her <laughs> in the air, turns his back and lands on the hood of a different car 
and then they just get up and start, or they just start like looking at each other romantically, as if he wouldn't be in catastrophic pain <laughs> after flying like a hundred feet into, like at thirty miles per hour into this other car. Oh my goodness! Have we all seen that uh, Michelle Rodriguez uh, clip where she's talking about there's too many Marvel movies? And that is so so rich. It's so BS. She, she has a she has a valid point. You know, maybe the market is oversaturated with superhero movies. Sure. Yeah. But coming from her at the Fast Ten premiere. <laughs> yeah. Listen. <laughs> listen. I have no ill will for Michelle, but you gotta you gotta read the room here. <laughs> for real, the Fast and Furious movies have been going on for what over twenty years now. Well, like they started as street racing movies. That's where and it then started. Slowly started evolving. Into this crazy action, like uh, there's Hollywood. cars in space. Jason Momoa is the Joker. He's very Joker esque in this movie. Oh, like, really? And it's Heath Ledger Joker? A little bit. Okay. His whole thing is being uh, ostracized by society mm. wow. and all that. It was nice to see Paul Walker again. Mm. He's back. What? Yeah, he's back. Is John Cena in this one? Yes, he is. Yeah. Well, isn't John Cena his brother all of a sudden? Yeah. His twin brother. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like they show the, the trailer shows them and it's like like it, it's your like hello brother and yeah. then somebody says like twin brother and I'm like oh. <laughs> so like. No, I think Dom's the older one. Either way, in he was introduced in Fast Eight. Right, he's the bad guy. No, Fast 9. Oh, forgive me. He's the bad guy, and he's kind of edgy, but in this, he's just John Cena. Peacemaker. Funny John Cena that's just, like, a badass super, like, <sighs> super guy. Oh, my God. And, but also really funny and cares about his family. And that's such a jump from edgy I've, villain. I've been saying this since maybe Fast 6, that there's two many of these movies. There's like eight scenes in that movie where you see someone, oh, we, have, we used to have a beef. Let's fight. Let's fight. Let's fight. <laughs> and then a, the third party comes in and was like, oh, these guys are even worse. Let's team up. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's like eight of those scenes. <laughs> my, my question is, uh, like you, you say that there's too many Fast and Furious movies. Do you like sitcoms with more than like four seasons? I'm assuming. Um... Is there not the same in that? But that's as a with sitcom. These Fast movies? That's a but, situational comedy, not action films. But, but what I'm saying is, like, there is so much stuff that already stretches the limit of what is too much. That and Fast and Furious is such a comfort thing for so many people, like many sitcoms. That like I've met passionate Fast and Furious fans. And you want to know why they love Fast and Furious? Because there's nothing like it. They're like that's the, that's the reason why they want more Fast and Furious. True. It's not because it's good. It's not because they've seen this, like, they want to see the same thing over and over again. It's not because it's good. It's, it's, there's nothing, or they think it's good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's nothing, it's not bringing anything new to the table. It's just fast. Uh-huh. And furious. <laughs> Like, you get what you you get what you're coming there to see consistently across the entire series of movies. Maybe you can argue one and two are more refined films for the the more uh, critical audience, but in reality, it's all delivering on the same premise. Within the journey from one to Fast Ten Three, it's it's a different franchise now. Yes. 
Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. But that, that's just because it, it's playing. It's playing into what people loved about yeah, how, how... it. People. People loved when Fast Three took this less, or when Fast Two started going more into this like zany, like comedy esque side to it. Sure. Because Fast One was still a very serious movie, all yeah. things considered. Um, and then Fast Three kind of exe- or which I think is Tokyo Drift, or is that four? Three is Tokyo Drift. Yeah. But three takes this very like uh, like exact exaggerated action approach and people loved it and then like you just keep compounding on that thing like the safe scene and I think it's either fast five or five. six but yeah the premise of fast 10 is a result of fast five so it reuses old footage but with new footage apparently Jason Momoa is on that bridge and now he wants revenge yeah, 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 yeah. against Dom and his family because he took a safe well, that was Whoa. his dad's safe, bro. Oh, it's all about so, family. So imagine your family has wealth, right? <laughs> In a big-ass safe. And then some guy and his family come <laughs> ripping out of the wall and then kill your dad on the same day. Would you be pissed or would you be like, eh, it's under the bridge. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, but a three-parter? I mean, that's just the way the franchise is. It ends on a cliffhanger, so there's going to be at least a Fast 11 and probably a Fast 12. Well, well, you got to understand is Fast and Furious movies are inherently Hollywood to the maximum degree. Yeah. Um, So, uh, like, cliffhanger things like this, that's just standard in the industry right now. Whenever you have a really successful long-running series, make, like, three movies into, like, a series of movies to get people to show up to every single one of them. How long is Fast 10? Um, okay... It's about two hours and 36 minutes. Two hours and 36 minutes. Not very long. Okay. But honestly, I'm dogging on it. It was a good time. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they're not... I, I, I joked about like not being good movies, but they're not great movies. They're good movies. Like You, you sit through a Fast and Furious you movie, you're your going to have a good time. If You're not going to have a good time if you're like, this doesn't make sense. Why would they make that decision creatively? Like, d- shut yeah. up. Just, just sit down and enjoy some Fast and Furious, man. Relative to other Fast and the Furious films, it's not as good, I would say. Sure. But I, it's definitely the 10th Fast and the Furious movie. I, I That's think all I'll y- say. you jump between like three to five maybe six and you have prime fast and furious um but these newer movies are just like playing into the formula a lot more than the others that's not even true joe what it's like the 11th hobbs and shaw counts well yeah it's in the yeah, main series i mean it's yeah i think hobbs and shaw is a better movie it is <laughs> i think it's just like a very solid movie and it doesn't exactly it's follow a spin-off the it's like a buddy cop film and yeah, a, it's a spin-off. And a, time when buddy cop films aren't really like a thing anymore <laughs> so i really appreciated that right so yeah what else have i done i i took care of a kitten i post him on my instagram a lot yeah follow follow joe, joe if you like kitten content yeah you post a lot i of post it. a lot of kittens because they're cute um just the one his name is apollo uh let's see i read where the crawdads sing it's a murder mystery book <clears throat> it was a great book except for the ending where they sing uh, in the swamp. Okay. I don't really like them there southern setting stories where you literally read words like git and <laughs> yeah and y'all but it's a good book despite that. Uh yeah, I think that's it for me. Okay. Cool, yeah. Um happy birthday, Joe. Yeah, it's your birthday. birthday. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's also <laughs> Memorial Day. Remember all the soldiers and stuff. Yeah, but we're talking about you. They're not what? on they're not on the show. <laughs> Oh, well, they're more important. Yeah. 
<laughs> Says who? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this was also the month of my birthday, and like I said, um, Tears of the Kingdom all the way. Yeah, I said I'm talking on it so I could let you dive yes, into please. it. Um, Tears of the Kingdom released earlier this month, and man, it has taken over my life. It's fun. It's so fun. Um, I think it was overhyped, though. What? But it's still amazing. Like, it's still a really fun game. But people were like, this is just uh, Breath of the Wild, but perfect. Uh, I just think it's Breath of the Wild with more. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. I, with the people who are saying it's Breath of the Wild, but perfect. I don't know about that. It's an amazing game. It's rated 10 out of 10, which is something I want to talk about. But it, that's like, yeah, this is Breath of the Wild DLC. All of this entire second game is was planned to be DLC for Breath of the Wild, but they were like, hey, we have a lot. Let's just make a new game. And so they did. No duh. It's just but more. And it's awesome. Everything they add brings so much more to the Hyrule we've already scoured through to find all 900 little poopy bits from Leaf Children. <laughs> no, that was just you. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> and there's a thousand in this game. A thousand. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but well, not you can't you the, that part of the game isn't really like the, you're supposed to like fully complete that. That's just you. It's op- it's optional. Everything hey, the is reward, optional. The reward True. isn't. E- <laughs> but True. usually when you do these, Nintendo loves to reward people who do this sort of like deep scouring thing. Like when you do all the shrines in the original game, yep. you get like the OG's uh, Zelda fit. Not the OG. The uh, the one for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. The Hero of the Wild. Uh, whatever the case. Uh, um. <laughs> But, uh, it, like, the Korok, collecting all the Korok seeds just gave you a larger poop that you couldn't do anything with. I know. Like, so, <laughs> very clearly the game saying, like, congrats on doing that. Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> For more inventory space, but you could have stopped a long time ago. Uh, and I yeah, feel no, like... you only need, like, 300 to get the maximum I know. inventory space. And I feel like it's going to happen again. You're just going to get a bigger piece of shit. And the game's going to be like, yay! Hetsu's going to be like, yay, you did it! <laughs> have you beaten Woo! it? Uh, no. Like the main story? No, no, no. Oh, I've... interesting. So what I'm... I'm I, I did the Rito, and I'm with the Gorons right now. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Uh, so... I'm following the default path. I very... There's very clearly a path sure. that the game is trying to get you oh, to go Rito, along. Oh, the Rito is always easy. It. Well, the, it's, the game is very like, uh, like, here are these four areas that you can go to. Yeah. Also, like, the Rito place seems like a good idea to yeah. start. And then it, the, everywhere you go is already like, man, there's a lot of stuff happening around the Rito. Oh, man, maybe yeah. you should go to the Rito. Oh, like, look at how snowy it is. Um, but, oh, like... I was telling this to Joe earlier for, like, uh, n- out of context, no spoilers of what you're doing in the game. Uh, Link is going around Hyrule collecting all six Infinity Stones. Word. Right, Patrick? Yeah. Bring yeah. balance yeah. to the universe. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably. And honestly, it's pretty freaking cool. You don't even know all of it yet. Uh, the, like, you already know four because it goes along with the four uh, places you go to. But there's one that's gonna. Re- I think you're really gonna like. Okay. And I, I'm really glad that there's so much in this game. Like for the promotional materials, it's all about the sky, the sky islands, how vast it is. But nobody, nobody talked, talked about, about the, depths. the depths, bro. Nobody it's talked about so the depths. Sick. You, you were like you were like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited <laughs> to play Breath of the Wild with the sky. And they're like, you thought it was just the sky. Nope. You dumb. There's a third 
giant map. And actually, There's, the sky map is pretty small, uh, considering how much space it actually in takes locations, up. In locations, yes, but like it's the sky. There's a yeah. lot of nothing. But you know? everything there is content, which You're is right. also nice. You're right. Um, but yeah, Joe, there's a whole underground Hyrule called the Depths. So it can be in the sky and in the ground. Yes. Holy And crap. it is huge. It is pitch black, of course, but you get to like lighten it up as you go through. And man, is it like, it's hard to get through too if you're it's, not careful. Uh, you you have to act like have an active approach to it yes. constantly because uh, the damage that you take you cannot heal yeah, until you go back to a checkpoint or eat the prepared meals yep. that you can only get by getting the sunflowers from a complete sundelions like, sundelions that are all the way at in the, the, sky. In the sky area yeah. <laughs> so you have to prep ahead of time before going into the depths I literally have like just a giant roster of like uh, like I would say, three rows of my meals yeah. are just these like permanent, uh, permanent damage heals. Yeah. Um, because like I don't want to go run all the way back I to hear a ya. checkpoint. I hear you. Yeah. And um, the best way to uh, traverse the depths is with a hover bike, and that's what I did. And I've unlocked like ninety nine percent of the map with using the hover bike. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like look up a video how to make one. And it, it's gonna save your life, save so much trouble because you can just fly over everything. Well, I had a, uh, my cousin over to like in the week that I first got the weekend that I first yeah. started playing, um, and uh, whenever he was playing, I was just like, yeah, just explore around, whatever, do what you want to do, um, and. <clears throat> Uh, I, I was like passed out one day because I, I stayed up later than everyone else and I just wanted to sleep and uh, he texts me that he's gonna play like or like he uh, knocks on my door he's like hey can I borrow the switch and I was like dead uh, like just woke up so I just handed it to him <laughs> the dude explored like a quarter of the depths for yeah. me I don't know what's in that area I know <laughs> there's one spot where he tagged a boss for me thankfully he tagged something but I don't know what he was up to I don't know yeah. what he missed out on um, so I have this like giant area of the depths that I have no idea what the it's bosses about. are cool man uh, the boss the bosses in this game are very like and there's unique. a lot more new bosses those dragons are terrifying I'm not high enough le uh, like uh, health to be able to fight them, so I kind of just like watch them at a distance, and I'm like, wow, that's so cool. I wish yeah. I could fight you. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you have no idea. Just wait till you get like to the Gerudo stuff. God, mm. it's insane. Um, you boys clearly know a lot about this game. You more than Patrick, but both of your impressions: Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Come on, you know it's Tears. Gotti contender. Um, Could it be the Gotti? Do you, we've seen the the amazing the Spider-Man two trailers. Uh, I have not, but okay. I, I do. I knew not. I did see that they were out. Okay. Um, here's the thing: it like maybe the issue with Game of the Year like contenders and all that is always just that there's not a lot of great games coming out right now yeah. that are, are to the, the Tears of the Kingdom level. Do I think that Tears of the Kingdom is an amazing game? Yes. Do I think it's a t t like Game of the Year contender? Only because. There's not a lot of other great games. <laughs> There's not other contenders. There's no other contenders. Yeah, it, like it's only there because there's no competition right now. Maybe. Yeah. Well, hold on. I think uh, Spider-Man PS5 will be a contender. Definitely. Jedi Survivor will be a contender. Sure. Maybe even High on Life. I don't think so. Uh, well, here's the um, thing. Like most of these are sequels. Um, there's not. So, like, how much do you want to give a Game of the Year title to something that it is like? Bar like borrows from something beforehand and how much do you want to give it to something that is completely brand new? We don't really get brand new. That's amazing right now, but like 
if I like I would completely lean the reason why I'm so hesitant is I don't want to give this to all the sequels that are right. coming out. I want to give it to something that Original. really brought something new to the table, even if it's not actually new, but just tried something that hasn't already been done. All these right. things are things that we know are going to be successful because they've been successful before. Right. I hear what you mean. Um, I would not be surprised if it wins uh, Game of the Year. I wanted to, but if, like, Spider-Man 2 wins it, I'll be like, yeah, okay, sure, you know? Do I have uh, to play Miles Morales to play this one? Uh, you have what? to? No, I don't, you don't think you have to. Because Miles Morales, that's like Peter that's, Parker's on vacation. It's like DLC. Practice being Miles, and it's just a little Miles story all self-contained. Yeah. And in this one, you switch between playing as Pete and Miles. Yeah. But Venom Pete. Yeah, so. symbiote. Oh. So, yeah. Um, that's going to be cool. Something... What, what I want to bring up about uh, the ratings for Tears of the Kingdom, it's there's only four Zelda games that have been rated by like IGN and uh, Otaku or Famitsu, I think. Perfect 10 out of 10. 5 out of 5. And it's Ocarina of Time, Skyward Sword, surprisingly enough, hmm. Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom. Now, a lot of, of people course. don't. No, no, of course. Everybody hates on Wind Waker, and I don't understand why. Wind Waker is Mo- great. Moment of silence for Wind Waker. Yeah, I just like like I'm not surprised. Then again, you have to be careful with these reviews because it is very much like IGN is always going to want Nintendo on their like early access review list, and so. But also, they are somewhat honest in that they're never going to give Nintendo anything lower than like a seven. Yeah. Um, but the the ten I think is is deserved. Because it like the the game does honestly, I would give a t- ten to any game right now that fully delivers a promised product. Right. Uh, like this but, is a seventy dollar game. Yeah, but and this this fully delivers on the promised product and then some. Yes. So like I I'm fully for a ten. Yeah. Um. Because I think right now it's and uh we'll talk about this more eventually I know but like uh the industry right now is very difficult because the things that you're promised are not what gets delivered so it's really nice to have Tears of the Kingdom as this title that I know when I buy this title I'm getting what I'm being shown yes rather than dealing with all the bugs of even despite Cyberpunk being one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. games I'm still pissed at it because it's still a buggy mess no matter what they say there's dlc release for it now i kind of don't want to play it i have it installed i'm ready to play it but i just kind of don't because it's so annoying because i know it's going to be buggy and yeah. i know like i've already seen stuff with how it's not that great um but tears of the kingdom is a nice little respite from that because um, yeah. i hop in and I don't get distracted by, like, bugs, and uh, I don't get distracted by, like, oh, but they said there was going to be this, and now there isn't, what? Uh, but I'm entirely just engaged with the mechanics of the game, uh, and the the content for the game has been amazing. People were super creative with, like, uh, the builds and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's super exciting to see this little, like, respite and, like, quality that I feel like has been so lacking recently. Yeah, um... So, the reason why I bring up uh, the other games for this rating is there's a, I think there's some connections to all this stuff for being 10 out of 10. Um, right now, I'm trying to look up the name of the guy who wrote uh, the game, but it's not Wrote the it game or me. the review? Not, not the review of the game. Um, I don't know if this is him. Anyways... <clears throat> The guy who wrote Tears of the Kingdom? 
Well, directed, excuse me. Oh. Review. I was about to say, the story, sorry, sorry, the sorry. story does not seem like there was a dedicated writer on this. So, something that I find very interesting with all four of these games having 10 out of 10 reviews is Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, direct sequels, right? Breath of the Wild is like the modern Ocarina of Time, right? How far are you in collecting all the um, um, the memory I got tears? like four. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm treading lightly here so I don't spoil anything for you. Yeah. But I'm sure you've already... I got, I got the Ganon one. Which um, one? The, the one where he goes uh, Super Saiyan. Um, okay. Super Saiyan Ganon. Uh, I got the one where uh, Zelda's all like, Oh, look at this Master Sword. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got the one... The, the tutorial one. Okay. Um, and I forget the last one. Uh, oh, it, it's like uh, Zelda first talking with uh, the his, uh, Raru. Raru. Which that, which that memory isn't very spoiler because it's okay. kind of just understood. So you can already pick up that there's a lot of Ocarina of Time uh, elements in Tears of the Kingdom, right? There's a lot of time elements in Tears of the yes, Kingdom. Yes, yes, but I'm say saying that. Ocarina of Time, like, stages, like, Raru and stuff, right? Oh, I, I barely remember Ocarina of Time, okay. so... This guy, I think his name is Hidemaru Fujibayashi. Uh, he is the director for uh, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, and Skyward Sword, okay? And... Skyward Sword, of course, we can see a lot of inspirations from Skyward Sword in Tears of the Kingdom with the sky of islands course. and all that stuff, right? So, and with all the references of Ocarina of the Time's elements like sages, the Temple of Time, the, um, some stuff with Ganondorf is all present within Tears of the Kingdom. So there's some connection between these four games that makes it all uh, critically perfect. You know, mm. so I I find that fascinating. And I just wanted to bring it up. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of see that. My thing with it is it like something I've noticed with this new game. Yeah, is it feels very detached from Breath of the Wild. Really? Like at, at least so far. Uh, like I the Sheikah like seem to just be very different now. Okay. Um, whereas in the original game, they're kind of like this. This ancient yet technologically advanced group of people, uh, nomadic people, almost right. nomadic. Um, I see what you mean. Because whereas like, in this game, they're almost like tech capitalists, right? Which is it's a little weird. Um, and then, uh, like with all the shrines gone, they had to like put something else there with like the Sheikah Towers now. The the Rito don't feel connected with the Rito of the original game. Okay. Um, like I, I think the that elder dude that is that the same guy who's like the the guy you run into Emma? in the story from Breath of the Wild. Yep. Yeah, but it, like you barely spend time with him, and yeah. then it's more about his kid, which exactly. is it, which is interesting, but also like does, again feels very disconnected from the original game. I'm now in the Goron area where it like it like the this dude. This is, it's Yunobo. It, yeah, Yunobo. It's, it's it's his whole thing is like. Uh, he has a company. He's, he's, he's a company. There's something clearly wrong going on when you get there. Yeah. But uh, like. It feels again very disconnected from what happened before in Goron with the Gorons. I wouldn't say it's disconnected. I just I, I, time has passed. It's clearly been a few years since the end, since the finale of Breath of the Wild. Is it a few years? Definitely a f at least a few. Because the beginning of the game really makes it seem like it's only been like months. 
I would, I mean, maybe months, maybe closer to a year, but like, there's been enough time between both games that a lot of development has happened within Hyrule in terms of rebuilding, in terms of character progressions of... Yeah, urban uh, development. Yeah. There's a highway now. Almost. <laughs> there's a 7-Eleven. <laughs> there is a 7-Eleven, actually. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap, I was making a joke. <laughs> so, but regardless, time has passed since Breath of the Wild. I mean, all the Sheikah stuff are gone. The, uh, the, the Divine Beasts are gone, you know. Um, these champion descendants have grown in their own right and have changed their areas, their king, um, their towns or whatever, uh, enough to be different from Breath of the Wild. So maybe there's a disconnect, but I think it's just it's different now. It's I guess like, so. It just it, like it doesn't feel like everything about this new game doesn't feel tied at all to the original. And wouldn't you kind of want that? Because we're using the same map, the same oh, yeah, characters. Of but I like I, I was. Ex I guess it's more so. I was just expecting them to be connected because it expecting. is a literal sequel. Right. Um, but I'm but, but it really it feels very much like they've just moved on from yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And Hyrule itself feels very different. Like exploring it, it's very different than Breath of the Wild, even though it's the exact same map. There's enough differences, new things, locations are switched, uh, not switched, uh, there are different things about certain locations, you know, it's, it's phenomenal, it's refreshing, even though it's still like using the old stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I, I get it. I guess maybe I'm just looking into it too much. Maybe. Yeah, but Tears of the Kingdom... That's all I've been doing. That's how I spent my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just playing that, and, um... Dude, yeah. it's so fun. Like, um... <laughs> I, had, I had friends that, uh, kind of felt guilty, because I was playing Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. And they hit me up to play Counter-Strike, and I joined, and I was like, I don't know if I want to play Counter-Strike, because I'm having a lot of fun with Tears of the Kingdom. And they were just like... Well, you can just leave if you want. <laughs> but, like, I meant, to, I wanted to say it more in the idea of, like, I'm having a lot of fun with this yeah, game. Yeah, it did yeah. come off pretty, like, uh, you guys are I'd rather not be spending time with you guys. I'd rather be alone with Zelda, my waifu. Oh. That's how I feel. Like, I feel like a lot of me wants, yeah, exactly. A lot of me wants to spend time with my waifu, Zelda. Yep. Yep. A lot of me wants to just, like, not go out and do social things because I'm loving playing yeah. Tears of the Kingdom so much is bringing it back a little bit. There's like this nostalgic side yeah. of it, but also like uh, so many cool new stuff. Yeah, it's just a fun game, and yeah. like uh, I had mentioned it in the last Delta, I was just struggling to find uh, enjoyment in games. Yeah, so I started uh, taking friend recommendations to play games. Um, Hol I was having an extremely good time with Hollow Knight. Yeah. I put Hollow Knight completely on the back burner because I'm having so much fun with Breath, uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, uh, for my progress, I've done all four um, stuff. I did the Rito, Goron, Gerudo, and Zoro stuff, and um, I got the Master Sword already. I got the Hylian Shield. You know, I've I've done a lot of main story quests. I got all the memories and stuff. And let me tell you, oh, you you've flown through this game. It's sad. Oh, just. Just wait until either you get, either or, you get the memories all unlocked, and the, get when you get the Master Sword, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And then you'll see why it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. 
I, tier list. I'm a, <laughs> tiers of the king. <laughs> this uh, step one S tier high rule. <laughs> um, now, F tier low rule. I'm excited. Uh, I'm not really. The story hasn't really engaged me so far. I'm gonna be completely okay. honest. It just feels kind of generic fantasy. Um, which I mean, I don't expect any more, anything more than that for a Zelda game. I'm not really in this for the story. But it's like it's still like from what they've given me to start out with. If I was in it for the story, I'd be gone already. Maybe try hunting the memories more. Um, I, I've just kind of been exploring. Um, okay. Le, like I just. I'm doing a circle around the map that the game is like pushing me. This this circle around the map that the game is pushing me to do, yeah. And just exploring like ev- like finding out everything as I do it. Like I found out recently about those cherry blossom trees. Oh yeah. And yeah. if you go up to them and place a little fruit, then Satori. the dude comes up and he's like, "Hey, here's our here's where literally all the caves are on the map." Yeah. So when I found that <laughs> out, literally I spent the next like a uh, long while flying around or like going around so that I could uh, mark all the caves uh, on my map so I can go back to them Smart. later. Um, Did you update your game today? No. Okay. Do you know about the duplication glitch? There was a duplication glitch? Of course yeah. there is. Bro, people so, find so many ways to break this game so quickly. Don't, unless you want to, don't update your game yet. Um, it's very easy. All you got to do is like be high enough to open the paraglider, right? Press pause while you're in the air. And all you do is grab a handful of the item you want to duplicate and press B and Y at the same time. Because I want to know. <laughs> and it'll duplicate the item. But the new patch, new update, uh, fixed that. Air quotes, fixed that. So oh. that's what I've been doing. So right now what I'm doing is duplicating all the items that I need to like um, level up my gear. Like my armor sets and stuff. Oh, so nah, I probably yeah, won't. I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of cheese. And, sure, do uh, it. Do whatever you want to do. Because to me, it's like the developers of the game have built clear constraints on leveling based off of how long you play the game. Yeah, and I prefer to, at least on a first playthrough, mm-hmm. experience what they meant the progression to feel like before I start breaking things. But, right. I, but I, I will break things on like second and third playthroughs. <laughs> like Fallout 4, I am a genius on just like <laughs> fast tracking the storyline because I don't. I want to get to the part where like you start dealing with the guilds and interacting with each other and all that. Yeah. The, the real meat of Fallout 4 only happens once you play the game for 60 hours on a first playthrough. Right. Um, so I just like rush into that part. So uh, maybe on like a second or third playthrough, if I decide to do a second or playthrough, this game is massive. Yeah. Uh, then then I'll try duplication glitching. I'm Probably just, won't update just for that reason. I'm just doing that because I'm at a point in the story where all I have to do is go to Hyrule Castle and like finish it. Oh dang! So that's yeah, you're, that's why you're already there. Yeah, that's why I'm just doing cleanup work. So Hyrule Castle is the end game. I think so. Yes. Because because like it sets it up that way. Um, but then like you can go into Hyrule Castle. No. Uh, you I w- can. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I saw it up there, and I was like, "That looks like the last place to go." Mm-hmm. I'm out. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, like I, I feel like I could hold my own in there for a bit, but it'd be a lot of deaths and yep. a lot of because ju- I'm still trying to get the hang of the game mechanically. Yeah. Uh, I also found out I am incredibly above average skill level in this game where originally I thought <laughs> look at this guy <laughs> I'm so much far above the curve I was playing I was playing with my friends and literally it's like I have friends who've played like Breath of the Wild for a long time who were with me there and I have friends who just like play video games every now and then yeah um when, when my friends who played Breath of the Wild before and are playing this one now, they're very slow. We we all took turns going after one of the the, the base camp talus uh, stone taluses, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and they, they would all be very slow approaching and very careful and methodic. And then it would come to my turn and I'm like, I run over, pick up this rusty halberd, fuse an uh, explosive barrel to it, chuck it at the talus, all the goblins go flying, I fuse another thing, uh, I immediately think to use ascend, because I'm like, this probably works. Run over, use it, turns out it works, yeah. just go right through the talus. Yeah. Um, like, I am figuring this game out in like so fast, because I watch them do their playthroughs, they're like, how, how do I how do I get to the top? How do I do it? And they spend like, <laughs> like five minutes circling around the boss looking for an opening, an explosive barrel explodes and the updraft happens, they're like, Oh, that's how. But then you run out of explosive barrels. <laughs> then what do you do? And they sit there circling around the boss a ton. But me, it's just like everything clicks yeah. in the game. Uh, I really love it for that. I love like, the freedom. It, it's the freedom of it, but also like the crazy amount of options you have yeah. in any given fight. Yeah. Like most of the, most of the fights I take, I'm pretty simple about it. But whenever there's a area where there's enemies and like. There, there's stuff to interact with and play around with, I will always try to find a creative approach to it. Like, uh, a lot of camps have, like, items just laying around uh, so that the enemies see you, go pick up their weapons, and then fight you. Um, so one of the things I do I did, I flew in, picked up one of the shields that was sitting there. It, it was with the Zoanite soldier things. Sure. Um, yeah, the constructs. Yeah, the constructs. Flew in, pick up a shield, fused it to a flame emitter nearby, yeah. and then I didn't even have to use any of my items. I beat them all by just using a flame <laughs> emitter shield and running, running around in circles. Yeah, man. Um, it, it's really fun because it's like... It, it, even and I mentioned this with the friends I was playing with. Every fight is a, also a puzzle. Yes. Um, and you can go at it mechanically, and you will be rewarded. But if you go at it approaching the combat in terms of a puzzle, you will also be rewarded. Yeah. Great game. That's all I have to say about it. At least I have more to say about you know spoilers, territory, yeah. and all that stuff. Maybe um, its own dedicated episode or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, be on, careful uh, when you uh, approach uh, Bacoblins on a uh, very small, suspiciously small base. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You may be in for more of a treat than you, <laughs> you expect. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Jedi Survivor. Yeah. If you loved the first game, I think it's it's a great game, but only if you like the first game. Mm -hmm. It's just the first game, but with even more. So it's fun. Uh... There is a Vader. Uh, this is the most spoiler I'll go. Uh, there is a Vader fight. Ooh. So, actually, there's two if you go in training mode. Ooh. Do the tears and all that. But it's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very so cool So, the little sequences. bit that I played with you um, before we watched the movie, um, did we... Uh, the, there's definitely a lot more introduced mechanically, which has me excited as someone who's played the original game. Has me a little worried for people who just want to play the second game, because um, mm. you kind of, like... There's a lot more entry curve, um, but at the same time, I don't think it, it's that big. They introduce and they introduce it slowly enough. Okay. I just I, when we were playing, it was on New Game Plus, so we had everything unlocked. Oh. And I already knew you knew about the first one, so you know that's fine. There's Rancor fights. That's cool. Ooh. Can't you do the Poncho Return dance. of the Jedi thing? What like, Luke did with the Rancor, put the bone in his mouth. Maybe. Yeah, I've seen clips of that. Well, the Rancors are hard to fight. I <laughs> bet. What are Rancors again? They're the guy from episode six that, like, you drop Luke down and he's like, the big giant monster. And then, and then Luke it's kills it. It's hard to describe. Luke kills it by dropping a cage on its head and that big fat guy cries because <laughs> it was a pet. I don't remember Here. this at all. Rancor. 
What are you talking about? Episode six is the best Star Wars movie. Uh, wow. It's been I, a long time since I've watched it. It's not the best, it's my six. favorite. Oh, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, talk, I talked about this because they look like so similarly to the uh the things from Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, the oh, uh, oh. The, Grau- the Graugs. Yeah. Uh, and be- I-, I mentioned it because they're both, I think these are both Warner Bros. games. I could be wrong on that. I don't think so. Or Star both, Wars Warner both, Bros.? Lucasfilm. Or, or they're both EA games. True. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, so, like, I-, I thought that, like, a lot of their moves might have been copy-pasted, or their oh, animations. It's just because the model is so similar. Yeah. At the same time, like, who cares? It, like, if, if the model is so similar, sh- just copy-paste. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, because they look like Graugs from uh, yeah. Mordor. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. The reason I bring up Jedi Survivor, I think it could be a nominee for Game of the Year. I don't know if it would get it compared to Tears of the Kingdom or no. Spider-Man PS5. But I do think, at the very least, Cameron Monaghan deserves some recognition from his role as Cal Kestis. Yeah. Because he gives a great performance in this game in particular. He has okay. a beard. So, yeah, he has a beard. He looks like shit in the beginning of the game. <laughs> and you kind of go through that journey. You kind of... I'm not going to spoil it. Maybe it'll get its own episode or okay. something yeah. down the line. Cool. All right. Anything else? Do you want to talk about brunch? Because I hate brunch. We only had 30 minutes, brunch. man. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, we only so, no. <laughs> that, that imp- so the conversation about brunch would last longer than 30 oh, yeah. minutes. Of Definitely. course it would. Yeah. I mean, this guy is a brunch defender. <laughs> and I'm, I'm of Brunch the, is a thing. It's not. It's a made-up, imp- unimportant thing what made is, by people that want to Why does it have to be important? Because <laughs> nobody said it was important. It's what? just a thing when that people do. To eat an additional meal. When, when else Why are you going to have Why does it have bo- to be additional? It can just be your first meal. When else are what? you going to have bottomless mimosas? <laughs> that's, my, that's my thing. The, the only proper time you? to have bottomless mimosas is between t- 10 a.m. and, and like 12 p.m. Do you want to know when the... Two? Okay, I, that's fine. The most important time to have bottomless mimosas? Never! <laughs> you don't need that in your day. <laughs> If but, you're if you're of a high enough privilege to have bottomless mosses at ten to two p.m., you have every right to do so, <laughs> but you do not have to create this whole new additional meal and segment of the day to so, make. You, do you not have an internal like white woman who needs <laughs> these kind of things? Like no. I get Starbucks sometimes just because I have this internal desire in me for Starbucks every now and then. I hate Starbucks. I think their coffee is awful, but I, I will go to Starbucks sometimes because I feel the need to. Look, I think you're. I feel like you're thinking of it as like, okay, somebody who's a brunch enjoyer, like on Sundays, right? They wake up at like, I don't know, uh, 8 a.m. They have breakfast. A few hours later, they have brunch, then lunch, then dinner. That is not what we're saying. (laughs) You don't start your day. If you're going to go to brunch, you don't have breakfast because you've already eaten. That doesn't make sense. Your first meal will be brunch, depending on how late you eat it. And then later on in the afternoon is lunch. Then later at night is dinner. I just treat, treat brunch like breakfast for lunch. You're, exactly. Your first meal of the day is breakfast. It doesn't have to be. Yes, it does. Not everybody wakes up at 6 a.m. like you do, Joe. Not everybody has to have the same time. The first meal you have of the day is, by definition, breakfast. But what the- if I wake up at 5 p.m. <laughs> and the first thing I eat is a sirloin steak from Apple? Your circadian rhythm is used to that, I assume, or else you're just really, really depressed. (laughs) Your circadian rhythm is used to that, and it would be a good breakfast, yes. 
Hmm. There is no time constraints. <laughs> meals, you can have meals whenever. Yes, See, I consider can. breakfast to be more of the the time and meals associated with that. Yeah. Like, uh, breakfast is like uh, 6 to 11 a.m., and it's things like eggs and hash browns and bacon, uh, like breakfast sausage. meats. Um, th- and like cereal. Orange cereal juice. is a very uniquely breakfast food. Yeah. Um, like that, that's, that's my mental image of breakfast. Um, if I were eating a sirloin steak at 5 p.m. after just waking dinner. up, I would not consider that breakfast. You, you could argue that it's not dinner, but it's not breakfast. <laughs> I am free from your arbitrary constraints on what you can eat and when. Can we what? go to like Webster's for bre- definition of breakfast? Does it tell- Webster's gonna- is full of propaganda. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> Webster's is wrong. Here, here's the definition of brunch. <laughs> a late morning meal eaten instead of breakfast and lunch. So Instead of. Interesting. So if you're if you wake up late, yeah. like 10, 11. <laughs> for me, yes. Right? And you don't eat lunch at all, right? You're not planning on eating lunch. You're planning on eating one meal within that time, like from 10 to 2, and then your other meal is dinner. That's your brunch. Because that's between, that's in the acceptable margin of time for both for both breakfast and lunch. Uh, Why does there have to be acceptable margins of time? If I'm hungry, don't. I'm going to eat. Okay. I'm going to eat. All right. Don't you dare throw these made up words at me. I'm not saying there has to be. I'm uh, just saying that it's a thing. I looked up the definition <laughs> of breakfast, and it kind of makes all of us half right. Um, because the, it's uh, the first meal of the day, especially yes. when taken in the morning. Damn. So <laughs> you're right, but you're also wrong, and we're right, but, but we're, we're also, also wrong. wrong. Uh, so That's you, why you combine I think the this two. is a very subjective matter. Yeah. I think we're all right. We're all right. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I just think I just think we're we're all right and Joe's wrong. When somebody says the word brunch to me, yeah. my opinion of them shifts just a little bit. <laughs> just just a little bit. But aren't you would you prefer brunch or see the, <laughs> the word gives a visceral reaction to me. Or would you rather have liner? Oh, liner. How do you feel about liner? Or dunch? <laughs> what well, is dunch? Dinner and lunch, but you know, just That's switching. Liner. liner. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. When I when you associate brunch or or I'm sorry, Denchfist. 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 <laughs> That's, That's like, just illegal. That's <laughs> That's when you go to Waffle House at like 2 a.m. Yep. on a Friday. Which we many of us have done. <laughs> oh, dude, I love Waffle House. 2 a.m. or like 11 p.m. on Tuesdays. I got some wild <laughs> memories at Waffle Houses. That's like 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Have I talked about in the podcast why I went to Waffle House and there was a lady straight up screaming at the people, the two people working at there for like an hour? That sounds familiar, but go ahead. Um, dude, I, I, so I went to Waffle House uh, with a bunch of people I just played volleyball with. It was super late, like 11, uh, 12 o'clock at night. Um, and we get in and this lady is yelling at uh, the, the cook and the, the waitress and just going off, going off, going off. Uh, and then I, we're like, whatever, this is just normal Waffle House antics. And we go and sit down <laughs> and she continues to go off. We're like, as we're talking, doing our own thing for like half an hour, it's, it's distracting because she just keeps going about off. What? She's talking about how like she's worked at Waffle Houses before and she knows that this is not acceptable and she wow. knows the district manager for this Waffle House and she can call him and have them all fired and blah, all blah, 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 blah. Ba- ba- basic Waffle House <laughs> complaining antics. Um, 
But then my favorite part is she turns to us and goes, I'm sorry, y'all. It's just that this stuff ain't right, and I need to speak out on it. And uh, all my friends were quiet, so I just go, you know what? Pop off. I'm having a lot of fun with this. And all my friends just, like, turn to me and glare. And they're like, no. I enabled it. It went on for another half an hour. <laughs> and then we left. Uh, she probably th thought she was the hero that you all deserve. Honestly, she probably thought she was onto something. <laughs> Not realizing that she's just yelling at two minimum wage employees who don't care. Uh, <laughs> Guys. But you know back, back to the matter of hand, I think brunch is more acceptable than linen. Whenever I hear the word brunch, I always associate in my head the white linen sheets, the rich people <laughs> in white clothes white. on a bright sunny day <laughs> going, oh yes, our stocks are in favorable condition this year. Mm -hmm. And I didn't expect that coming from you. Yeah? You were like, I'm going to go out to brunch one day, and I was shocked that you said such a thing. See, I'm a solid brunch enjoyer. Yeah, right? Um, what I like to have at brunch is like, um, chicken and waffles is like my go-to brunch meal. That's a great breakfast. That's right? brunch. Yeah, exactly. It has breakfast and lunch elements put together. Mm. Um, it's a made-up thing. Everything's a made-up thing. Breakfast is a made-up thing. Lunch <laughs> no, is made up. Dinner's no, no, made no. up. No, you have to eat something as soon as you wake up or else you're No, you rested. don't. You should. No, you don't. To optimize you your should. protein and the, the way that you live your life, you should. <laughs> you should, but you don't have to. There, there, there are some people who are big spokespersons for not eating breakfast. Uh, I don't know the science behind it, but it's it's a certain, like, for a lot of people, that is better for them because sure. it... Sure. Uh, reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm no doctor. Um, but but I, I like breakfast. Brunch, because it's a it's a social thing for me. It's a casual thing. Um, where like uh, brunch is like uh, like for example working at Wink uh, on the mornings. Yeah. Uh, some of my coworkers on Saturday shifts afterwards we got out at like ten in the morning um, after eating breakfast at like four in the morning. We want to eat something. It's not quite lunchtime. It's not quite breakfast yep. because our breakfast is at four a.m. Yep. So we, which four a.m. will be? Uh, what, what did I say? Denfest? Denfest. Um, so we would go, we, so we would go like downtown Fort Myers yeah. and eat brunch at a, a, one of the like uh, restaurant bars they had over yep. there. That um, would be your lunch! <laughs> it's 10 a.m. It's, yeah, it's 10 a.m., man. No! <laughs> they gave us their brunch menu, which consisted of their brunch In bottomless mimosas. Uh. <laughs> I can't argue against the restaurant writing <laughs> if it has its own separate menu. It, no! It's, it's systemic, man. It's there. You may not agree with it, but it's a systemic institution. I will stand against Big Brunch until the day I die. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another Delta Series episode here on Razzle Dazzle. Please make sure to let us know what you think of today's episode somewhere on the internet. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Razzle Dazzle Show and on TikTok at Razzle underscore Dazzle underscore Show. Please tune in on the live 365 app Eagle Radio Station every Thursday from 12 to 1 where we are live and we'll catch you on the next one.